Hello and welcome to another of these Didache Conversations. I'm so pleased to be here with James Spence. James and I worked together at Holy Trinity Platt, uh, and now James is the vicar of Christ Church Davyhume. James, it's great to have you with us. It's great to be here. Thanks, Sam. Fantastic. We're going to hear a little bit of the story of uh, of 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 the well the journey to Christchurch Davyhume for James and his family. Um, reflect upon some of the the learnings that he's had. But first, James, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, as you say, I'm James. Uh, I'm married to Emily. We have three girls who are aged 11, 9 and 6. So I'm quite outnumbered in our house. Uh, <laughs> we have been in Manchester now four and a half-ish years. Uh, now, as you said, over in Davie, which if you don't know where that is, but you know Manchester, the biggest thing to know is it's next to the Trafford Centre. Mm. Uh, so we have uh, in our area... Uh, we have residential housing, but also the Trafford Centre and all the entertainment that goes around that. So, so it's quite a fun place to live. Uh, we've been here since uh, June, so not long. Um, just getting settled and getting to know the area, getting to know people. Fantastic. Well, as ever, I mean, this podcast is about talking about Jesus, about church, church planting, church leadership. And, uh, and we want to tell some of the stories of, of church planting and church revitalization here in Manchester and across the country in a way that I hope inspires people, encourages people and perhaps even challenges uh, us as well. And we're going to hear something of, of James's story so far. Uh, but James, uh, I, I believe you've listened to this podcast before, um, maybe one or two. Uh, but you, so you'll know the question that I'm going to I'm going to start with. Um, the question that I try to ask everyone uh, who comes on these Didache conversations: What is church? What's the Lord been teaching you about church uh, through His Word over the years? Yeah, so I try and forget any of the answers that I've heard previously and give my own. <laughs> uh, I think. For church is God's people gathered together, and uh, people who have been saved by the Lord Jesus, united in Him, uh, gathered together, uh, one with His Spirit. And uh, for, on a Sunday, I'd love to think our services are a little foretaste of that heavenly picture of people from every tribe, tongue, and nation gathering around God's throne, worshiping Him. Uh, learning more about him, the infinite depths of who he is. Uh, and also as we do that, I think um, that's attractive to people outside. Um, and as they see a group of unlikely people gathering together, that they would, that people outside would be drawn in. You know, we're not just about what goes on in a building on a Sunday morning. Our churches, wherever the people are during the week um, and living and speaking for Jesus wherever he, God has placed them uh, during that week. So for us, that you know, we've got quite a few retired people, so that might maybe in, in their stage of life, but also a lot of people are working, um, children at school, or wherever they are. We want that as a church, they are equipped and ready uh, to live out their faith wherever that may be. Mm. Fantastic. So much in there, actually, just uh to unpack so maybe let's pick up on on a few things when you when you began there you uh 
You said the church is God's people gathered together, saved by the Lord Jesus Christ, one with the spirit. That's a very Trinitarian vision of church there. Uh, You see that the the, the different persons of of the triune God are at work in, 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 in the life of God's people. Could you expand upon that? at all kind of the work of, of the persons uh, in the life of the church putting you on the spot a bit there with man with a big theological question yeah go, going in deep <laughs> right at the start um well uh, you know we believe in a triune god so uh, and the church is i guess or individual churches are the local outworking of our relationship with the triune god so all the uh, different persons of the Trinity uh, will be part of our church life. Um, and we know what Jesus has done for us in his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that the spirit lives within us um, as uh, God sent his son into the world mm-hmm. uh, to, to die and to rise again. Uh, so the spirit is sent um, to us uh, to make us more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Awesome. We know that's, not as straightforward as it sounds, but <laughs> we pray that work continues. Uh, uh, absolutely, absolutely. And um, you know, you're you're a, uh, another Anglican church, and I think we capture well uh, some of this stuff in our in our liturgy. Um, you know, uh, where we where we kind of pray and reflect upon the the, the work of of the Triune God in the in the life of the church. That's uh, I, I do love our, our Anglican liturgy. Um, and maybe people want to check that out if they haven't, if they haven't seen yeah, that. I mean, we we now uh, here at Christchurch we say a creed almost every week or a statement mm-hmm. of faith, uh, and it is you know we believe in God, we believe in this, Jesus His Son, and we believe in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very triune. Absolutely, yeah, I, I, absolutely. And actually, learning to and I I found this in the in the context that that we're in here in Manchester in a very religiously diverse area that actually just just to talk about God just to just to use that word God uh, is actually not enough um, because actually people have all sorts of ideas about who God is Uh, God means different things to different people and so actually to be those who who are, are, are specific about who we are talking about when we say God, that we believe in this God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and using the language that you used at the start of this conversation, that, you know, it is that the Father gathers us around his Son, you know, Jesus is this, 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 son, this the Son of God who's come to die and rise for us, uh, the Spirit is the one who, who brings about unity in his people, I think that's really helpful, um, particularly for, for contexts like ours in Manchester. I'm looking up the Athanasian Creed, which I'm sure, James, you'll know off, off by heart. Um, <laughs> and I believe yeah. that it used, wasn't it in law that this had to be said uh, on Christmas Day in full? I, Have I, you heard that? I, it was, I've heard it one day. I can't remember which day it was. Mm. Um, so I'll, I'll take your word for it. It's Christmas. <laughs> I think that's great that Christmas Day recite the whole Athanasian Creed together, but yeah. um, we, we weren't even planning on going down this 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 conversational route. <laughs> um, but I do. Is it, maybe it's it's one of those creeds that maybe not not everyone knows, but it does start. Whoever decides to be saved should, above all, hold to the Catholic faith, 
Uh, and now this is the Catholic faith that we worship one God in Trinity and Trinity in unity. That's how it begins. And um, so I really like that. But you also said, going back to your initial comments, that you know, church is about learning more about this, this triune God. You know, there's infinite depths to him. Is that that? that's what we're focused on when we're when we're gathering together you know church is it's not just a social club is it not <laughs> well no i mean that's you know one of the unique things about church is it gathers a group of quite diverse people that perhaps nothing else could gather together uh and with a unique focus around the triune god so we're not only just there to l learn more of the depths of him or to worship uh him to encourage each other uh i know certainly for myself you know, it's it, it's a huge encouragement to meet with other Christians um, when you spend a lot of the time, you know, when I was working before I became a vicar, you know, you go off and you might not see another Christian for, you know, during your working day for the majority, mm. of, your, majority of your week. Um, and so thinking through uh, with others how you live out your faith in that in that situation, we're not just Sunday Christians, we are mm. Christians every day, every day of the week. But a church, so church really helps us to um and uh when we talk about this later our midweek groups as well are really focused on how do we live out our faith um together uh in in the different places where god has put us so yeah uh, certainly an aspect of our big aspects of our sundays is the is the teaching um but also you know, uh, worship in song and prayer um, praying for the the needs of our uh, of our worlds because we know that we have a a God who hears and, and answers prayer uh, and a really important part is just spending time together and, mm. and we are a family so yeah. yeah families need to spend time together absolutely and so in a world where it's so tempting actually to look inwards and just look at ourselves when we gather together we're, we're encouraging one another to look upwards and to get this massive vision of of the God whom we love and worship but also we're looking out to the needs of the world in prayer, but also the needs of one another in the church family. Yeah, that's a very good way of putting it. I wish I'd come <laughs> up with it. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> well, look, you also talked about, and, and you've just touched on it there, actually, this, um, the, 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 this kind of pattern of gathering together um, in order to be sent out, but then you use these words also to draw people in. Um, do you want to unpack that a little bit? Yeah, so I think um, as a as a church, we're here to keep each other going as a faith, but we're also here to to hold out that faith to the world, so that other people have an opportunity to to respond to the Lord Jesus. Um, and we pray that you know, God is softening people's hearts to that. Now that we can't do that just by sheltering in our buildings, we need to go out. Mm. Uh, we need to meet meet people we need to build relationships i think relationships are, are key these days to uh, to building a platform for the gospel um and but once people do take that step of coming into our building whether it's for um you know they're inquiring about a baptism or they are coming to a carol service or whatever it is we want them to come in and see a community a family that that loves each other um, mm. and that is different in the way that it it operates compared to if they walked into the pub or the social club or um, or whatever it is. So, yeah, big focus on love and caring for each other um, as a way of being attractive. That's really helpful. I'd love to get your insight on this. Like, I think 
one of the dangers can be where we uh, either, either exclusively exclusively focus on either the gatherings or the sending out um, or kind of overemphasize one against the other. Like if you're, if you're a church that's just only concentrated on the gatherings uh, and you're only kind of, you know, uh, that, that's where all your time and energy is focus goes to, then that's a problem because you're not out, you're not, you're not encouraging people to be out there and evangelistic and missional and all of that. But again, you can get the other part. If you go for, you're just always, you're about the evangelism, you're being out there, one-to-ones, et cetera, all of that out there, but you're not thinking about the gatherings and you've, you've not got something healthy and good to invite people into. And, 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 and it may even be sort of a, a toxic situation. So how do you kind of focus on both of those aspects of church life, both as a, as, as a Christian yourself but also as a church leader and minister, and how do you encourage like both that? Where do you put your energies in? You know, lots of questions there, but yeah, you know what I mean? and, and I think it, to be honest, it's still something that we're working out a little bit as a church. We're still, we haven't quite come onto the, the history of, of where we're up to as a church, but uh, having only been here a few, a few months, um, it's, it's something we've said right from the outset, we want to do those things. We need to reach out uh, and, we want to encourage what's here and that's really part of the reason that the, the bishops put me in this is in this role is to to do those those two things um i mean i think in what in one sense that they both flow from having our eyes fixed on the lord jesus mm. the more the bigger view we have on him the more natural it is we want to to gather to worship him with, with others and the more mm. natural it is to speak with him outside so uh, a lot of um, certainly early teaching has been just trying to get us to fix our eyes on the Lord Jesus because everything else will flow from there. Yeah. But also putting in place things like, okay, making sure we have places where we can gather, um, not on Sunday, but also midweek um, as a church and build those relationships. That's been really important to us early on. Um, uh, well, you'll understand why I'm a, bit, a, a, bit, a bit later, but we've two, basically two groups of people joining together. Um, building those relationships has been really important. Mm. But also not packing in our church programme so much that actually people are spending every evening at church or preparing for a church thing. But actually there's, there is time in the week to be able to, to see people socially. Obviously, a lot of people mm. spend time with um, non-churchgoers during the day at work. Um, or in social clubs, whatever it is. But we want to make sure there is time that church isn't just taken up all the time. I mean, for me personally, it's very much a case of you know, it'd be very easy to sit behind a, a desk or you know, spend all week doing admin and sermon writing or something. But I've forced myself out. Um, even in this area, there's a lot of people that are at, around during the day because they're retired um, or they're new mums or something like that. So even just walking around with a dog collar on, mm. actually opens up conversations um and it's quite nice i can just say i'm the new vicar at the moment <laughs> yeah. introduce myself yeah I, I was just uh chatting with someone before before recording this and i was saying you know when i get into conversations with people on the streets and they find out what i do i mean uh I, i'm actually very rarely wearing the collar but i think i think i should wear it a bit more but when people find out what i do it goes one of two ways either the conversation shuts down completely mm-hmm. or someone will just open up their whole life uh and uh, and talk about their struggles and and uh but that's a real privilege actually yeah. and i'm having and- way more of those conversations 
uh, now, certainly then throughout throughout the pandemic, when it's quite hard to interact with with people on the street, yeah. but perhaps even before than before yeah. pandemic. I mean, wearing the collar is something that I I've just I've done really since moving here. Um, uh, as you say, where we were living around the corner from you just before, you know, there's so many people in religious clothing, it kind of mm. was just one yeah. of many. Whereas around here, actually, it's a, it is less of a di diverse area. Um, and people still recognise who a vicar is. Uh, and we're in a fortunate position, most people here know where the church is. Uh, the church hall is used for a lot of community groups and um, social groups and stuff. So a lot of people have been into our church hall. Um, and a lot of people here have lived here 30, 40, 50 years. So they may have had a connection at some point um, for a wedding or a funeral or a baptism or something. So the, we've got a lot of natural connections. Um, what they don't realise is that there's stuff still going on here. And that's what we're sort mm. of trying to, to show, even if it's just me walking around the dog collar. Oh, look, there is a, there is a vicar. Mm. Um, and we're just trying to think, you know, how do we say, well, yeah, there's stuff going on here. Sure. Want to come and see. Brilliant. Brilliant. And it is that simple often, isn't it? You know, um, and I, I think going back to that, that 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 earlier question, you know, what does it look like for you? Just actually modeling being out and about, but also modeling inviting people into uh, the church, the church community to see yeah. the gospel lived out, to hear it proclaimed. Um yeah, mo modeling that. I was going to ask though, do, do you have have you developed any kind of lang helpful language for communicating this, um, this 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 uh, pattern of of gathering to be sent in order to draw back in? I mean, do you use that language, or are there any scriptures that you use or helpful yeah. language? Or are you developing um, that? Yeah, I don't. Is there any language? I'm not sure there is at the moment. Would I think it's something we would love to develop some sort of taglines and stuff. I mean, we've, we've come in very much, uh, and one of the verses I keep coming back to is where Jesus says, I will build my church. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's very easy to think we've got to do everything. Um, but keep reminding ourselves that Jesus is building his church. Um, and the Great Commission, he is with us always to the end of the age. Yeah um so they're really important things um we've talked a lot about love um, and loving each other um mm. that one lady who's in her 90s said to me recently i've not heard love talked about so much in this church for a long time wow um which was you know it was not criticism on what's gone before but just shows how much emphasis that we're trying to sort of put on mm. um how much god loves people um but also how much we are to therefore love each other Mm. So there's a, I guess on the gathering side, there's kind of um, a lot of things about love. Um, but then just trying to think as we, uh, either through sermons or through our midweek groups, um, how do we live out our faith day to day? Um, and using that as a sort of, okay, yes, build confidence, but also go out. So mm. In yeah. straightforward answer your question, we probably don't have any nice language yet, but I think that'd be interesting to develop at, at some point. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, look, just to kind of wrap up this first part of, of the conversation, I, I love I love that what, what you said uh, just a few minutes ago, that actually as we as we focus on the Lord Jesus, as we gather around him, get to know him, keep our eyes fixed on him, um, it's almost like we can't help 
but from there go out. And it does, it does, it does seem to be that great commission pattern, doesn't it? We gather to worship Jesus, the living God, uh, and then we're sent out from there to, to make disciples of all nations, as as you've said, as he is with us, the one who's been given all authority in heaven and on earth. In that sense, church is, is quite simple. Um, <laughs> let's just gather to meet with Jesus, encounter him in all sorts of ways. Yeah. And I think Hebrew is really helpful as a way it talks about keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. Yes. Because it's you know, the whole of Hebrews is Jesus is better, therefore persevere. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's going to what's the thing that helps us persevere? It's knowing that Jesus is better. So mm-hmm. keeping our eyes fixed on him is going to help us yeah. persevere as a church because we'll have difficult times as a church, but persevere in our personal lives, persevere when we're fi- facing um, persecution or whatever it is. Um, yes just fix your eyes on jesus wonderful and that is what the we were talking about the trinity the the Mm. father and the spirit are both wanting to to draw us to the son you know the father breaks open heaven to say to us this is my son whom i love with him i'm well pleased and then at another point breaks open heaven says this is my son listen to him Mm. and uh, and of course the spirit is constantly drawing people to jesus um and in the scriptures which he has breathed, you know, breathed out, uh, it's all about Jesus. The spirits constantly wanted to bring us to to Jesus, and so that's a yeah, wonderful, wonderful thought. Just to end that first part on, well, look, James, um, I want to hear some of your your story so far. There's this journey towards Christchurch, Davy Hume. Why don't you why don't you tell that to us uh, in, in a few minutes? Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Um, and it might make sense some of the other things I was yeah. hinting at earlier on as well. So we've uh, come to Christ Church David Hume, uh, as Sam says, from Holy Trinity Platt. Um, now, it all came about really when uh, Platt had a vision um, to revitalise um, or plant churches uh, in the, the local area um, or around South Manchester. Um, and They've done some of that in the past um, and it got to a point where there was another opportunity um, to do that. Uh, I, uh, Emily and I were interested in exploring that. Um, Platt uh, leadership thought it was a good time to, to explore that as well. Um, and so long story short, working with the diocese, um, we ended up with a uh, potential of coming here to Christchurch, um, David Keane. It uh, it then got slightly complicated by the fact that I think Emily and I first knew it was an idea in Easter 2020 when we were chatting with the bishop and he said, you know, this is the sort of church, would you be interested? That was in the middle of lockdown. Um, so uh, we did, you know, drive around the area as much as we were <laughs> allowed, but couldn't really do a lot. We also because no one at Christchurch knew, we weren't allowed to talk to anyone um, about where this might be. Um, but we did start talking with people at Platts that a potential church revitalization was possible in very vague terms. We've got people praying um, and, inter- and you know, start to think whether they, they might be interested, uh, start talking about it a bit more. Then uh, towards the end of 2020, we were, uh, I met with people at Christchurch. In fact, it was 
uh, a year and a week ago exactly that I first came in this building um, and met some people. They seemed very friendly, very interested in, in what we were proposing, to, what diocese really was proposing to do. Um, and that led to us being able to say to the people at Platt, then we're going to be sent somewhere west of Platt, which started giving a little bit of a direction, but still weren't able to say where. Uh, and then, long story short, in the new year, everything happened very quickly. So uh, we suddenly, after all the legalities and all that kind of stuff was sorted out, then able to announce to the Platt uh, congregation where we were going. A week later, I was licensed um, here at Christchurch. But then we took three months where I spent um, some of my time with Christchurch and some of my time with Platt, three months to build a team who would be sent with me from Platt, um, who would help us to revitalize um, the church. So it, 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 then we all arrived fully in June. Um, and that's so that's really when we got uh, when we got going here. But yeah, that that's kind of practically kind of what happened and how we got to this point. Um, I think God's been preparing Emily and I for this actually for many years. When we look back, uh, we were involved in a church plant at university. We were involved in a, a revitalization as a member of congregation when we lived in Cambridge, um, and. I think so God's been doing various things in our lives to pre prepare us, but really it's felt that this is the way the doors have all opened. This is the place where he wants us to be now. And so far it's going quite well. Mm, that's really encouraging to hear. Thanks so much. So we're both in the, in the Anglican church uh, in the diocese of Manchester. And it, it sounds like it was a bit of a like slow process at times or quite a long process. I'm not, being critical with that comment mm. but I think that's probably just a, a reality for for lots of, of people uh, on the on this journey and um, perhaps if there's anyone listening who's who's not yet done a church plant or a church revitalization perhaps that kind of slowness might put them off um, would you would you just reflect on that or would you comment on that for us there's a couple of things that made ours um, so in one sense one was the pandemic um, and being in lockdown, the other yep. being certain legalities. Um, the church is, is still currently in a benefice with another parish. And so the legalities of how I get licensed and all that kind of stuff took quite a bit of time. But at the same time, I think being slow can be helpful um, as well because it gave us time to pray, gave us time to think um, about what we're what we're trying to do under God um, and particularly for in our you know in our, if we wanted people to be come with us to be sent from Platt with us we were at a stage where we had to leave Platt most <laughs> everyone else wasn't um, and so they needed time to think it through pray it through um, and we needed that time to to build the team so it's not something that can be rushed. I think the, the main frustration for us was not being able to say where it was going to be um, rather than the amount of time it took. Sure, because that's going to mean it's hard to hard to build your team, isn't it? Yeah. Um, well, talk to us a little bit about, about 
preparing the team? I mean, perhaps from when you were able to start gathering that team together, yeah. what, what did that look like? How, how did you invest in that team, prepare them for, for coming with you? Yeah, so right from the um, early stages, I can't even remember when we started them, but um, way before we could announce where it was, we, we, we did two things. We, we gathered people to pray um, and we sent out um, monthly prayer letters uh, about the plans and uh, saying what we were able to say at the time and uh, asking people to pray. And asking people to pray for us um, and for the church uh, we were being sent to, but also asking people to pray if they would be part of the team that would be sent um, as well. Uh, and so that that was kind of happening for, I guess, six months or so um, prior to the kind of announcement of, you know, OK, the church that we're being sent to is is Christ Church, David Hume. Um, and so that was really important, I think, to because even before people knew where it was, actually in God's goodness, um, the, the questions were, we could focus more on, why do we do this? Um, and um, what sort of person might want to be sent or uh, or that kind of thing, rather than get too hung up on the location. Mm. Um, now, mm. location is obviously important. Um, and I'll, you know, in a moment, I'll, you know, as, as we then announced the, the location, obviously then some people had been thinking, oh yeah, we might be interested in coming. The location wasn't going to work for them. You know, they, would, they lived east of Platts, so why would they come further? Um, and we were very much, we were keen to have people who were wanting to invest in this local area. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so some people sort of came and went in that, in that sense. But then once it was announced, we had three months um, to build this team and we broke that down into three parts so the first part was exploring so the first month um, we just spent basically giving people lots of information about Christchurch about David Hume in the area uh, answering all sorts of questions um, we did that in big group settings we did that in lots of one-to-one uh, -one conversations um, uh, and sort of really trying to set up and sell the vision of what we, we, we were trying to do. So that was our first phase. Um, then the second phase we called Get to Know You, uh, which was um, because Platt is a large church, even the people who were, were thinking of coming didn't know each other. So we tried, we, uh, it was before we could do indoor meetings. So we'd meet in a park and go off and walk in groups of six um, to... Uh, try and get to know people again it doesn't didn't mean you're com definitely committed to coming um but if you're interested in coming why not come and get to know some other people who are interested in coming um and sort of over those those couple of months really people sort of uh, either committed fully or sort of um decided it wasn't for them for various good reasons uh, and then the third month uh, the final stage we call preparing uh, which was really the more detailed planning um, of what we're going to do, setting expectations of what it'll be like um, on the uh, when we arrive, um, and uh, again by that point most people had made the decision. A few hadn't, uh, and so a few sort of came in and out. Um, but by the end of that, we felt we were kind of uh, we were ready and we had this team. Uh, and I think it's worth saying that you know, at the the start of the process. Um, 
the bishop and the leadership at Platt sort of said, well, how many people do you want to be sent with you? Uh, and I knew the current congregation at Christchurch, about 25 or 30 adults. So I said, well, I, I don't want to outnumber what's there. So about 25 adults. Let's pray for 25 adults to come. Uh, and then when we arrived on our first Sunday, uh, 25 adults mm. had committed to join us along with 14 children. Mm. So, you know, God really did answer our prayers. And the whole way mm. through, it's very much felt like that. He has opened the doors. He has answered the prayers that need being answered at, at the right time, even sometimes in ways that surprise us and we're not expecting. So good to hear. And I really like those those three stages. So exploring, and that's where you're kind of sort of expressing something of the vision, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the getting to know you, uh, just conscious, like say, for, for maybe bigger churches where people don't always know each other. It's really important that they're forming relationships together and then preparing that, that more detailed planning. That's really helpful. Well, you've just alluded there, though, to... Uh, to to uh to something else that, that the reality of really having two groups that you're bringing together so you've got the, the this this group that you're bringing with you from from plat and you, likely you you know them and you've gotten to know them some of them will know you very very well and then you've got the existing congregation as well talk us through how you negotiated that yeah so one of the things that i did uh We've been licensed at the very end of February. Uh, was I did a lot of Sunday services at Christchurch, um, and used that opportunity to try and get to know people um, here. At the same time, as building the uh, building the team at Platt. Um, I, one of the interesting things has been that the a lot of the people at Christchurch already have known each other thirty. 40 years so they've got a real depth of knowledge of each other and and relationship that we're not going to get in three or four months Um, and it's accepting that Um, but uh, the only way we'll get to that level is by spending time with people and so um, initially that was pretty limited to Sundays because of lockdown or or phone calls Um, uh, and restrictions, particularly what we're in the here in Manchester. But as those have eased, uh, one of the reasons that we decided to, we wanted to be sent uh, and, and join Christchurch in June, and um, was so that we had the summer months to do to do things, um, which allowed us to do um, picnics and that sort of thing, where we could get to know each other and be outdoors where people felt safer. Um, so yeah, I and. Uh, and then the Platt people, the people from Platt have sort of had to get to know each other and also get to know a new group. And I think we're just accepting it's going to take time. Um, we know it's important. Uh, we're doing another church lunch this Sunday. Uh, just they're eating together seems a very natural way. Mm-hmm. Um, our midweek fellowship groups, um, we've ensured that there's a mixture of uh, people who are, who are here at Christchurch already and people have been sent from Platt in each of the groups again to try and allow some people to get to know each other mm-hmm. um, and try and encourage people to to talk to people they don't know uh, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Really helpful so just creating those spaces and those places for uh, for everyone to just come together particularly over food yeah really really helpful. Um, 
That's wonderful. I'm conscious that you've got to go and pick up your daughters from, from school. Um, I am catching you quite early on in your in your time at Christchurch, Davy Hume. And it, I mean, it would be great to talk through all, all kind of church life structures, things that you've got on on Sundays and throughout the week. And maybe we could do a follow up uh, in, in a few months time or something to, to get into a little bit of that. And of course, you're starting to develop all, all of that at the moment. Um, but before you do go, any any reflections on, on this whole journey uh, that you haven't been able to to get in uh, thus far in this interview? Yeah, yeah no, I think uh, one remembering that the Lord is good. <laughs> That's um, constantly happening, you know, even things like arranging housing, you know, little details through to the, the big things of um, uh, of drawing us together. Uh, I think getting people serving together is just going back to your previous question that came to me as you were just as we finished. Um, you know, whether that's in the music group together or the children's group or whatever it is, serving together is, helps people. is a great way of people getting to know each other. Um, I think the my other my other reflections would be more quite looking forward. Uh, I think if someone's thinking of doing a revitalization, um, you've got to be willing to love people. Um, because, well, hopefully all, all, all Christian leaders and all Christians are doing that, but but really, you know, invest time in people. Um, so you got you got to you got to build trust. And we've been incredibly fortunate that the group uh, who were here have been incredibly welcoming and incredibly open to ch to change in a way that I just didn't expect. Mm. Um, and it is exactly the right culture here actually to do a revitalization and that's not true everywhere um, there might be some more battles i think we've been fortunate we really haven't had much pushback at all uh, we haven't had had anyone leave or anything like that maybe what's happening so that's that's great um i think in terms of go uh the revitalization team i think one of the things that we did a bit but could have done a bit more in preparation was thinking of going from uh, about going from big church to small church uh, and you know, there are big differences there we could spend probably another hour talking about that mm. um, uh, but thinking of that but then looking to the future got to think long we've got to think long term um, and it's you know we've been here properly now four months it's you know there's so much I'd love to do um, but actually, we don't have to do everything on day one. Um, this is this is you know we're here for a long-term project. So I, I said to uh, people as we arrived, you know, I want to be here so that you're waving our kids off to university. Hmm. That's the kind of hmm. you know expectation I'm setting that we're committed to you for the long term, um, and that means we don't have to do everything from, from from day one. It means we can take our time to build the relationships in the community. You know, Jesus may come back any day, of course. Hmm. But we will, um, uh, and we will take every opportunity we can to to tell someone the good news um, of, about him. But we don't want to put pressure on ourselves that we need to go and do everything straight mm. away. Yeah, we want to build build up um, and build out um, from that point of view. There's a mm. few kind of random thrown in reflections at the end. So, no, so helpful. And just as we wrap up. 
it's it's been great having you on here i think church revitalizations are going to become more commonplace i think and um more and more churches are, are, are going to get involved with them i hope hearing your story has inspired encouraged maybe put some questions out there some thoughts been great to hear some of your your reflections on the journey and uh, some of the things that the lord's been teaching you in that and like i said we're gonna have to do a, a follow-up conversation yeah. well, see how things go that. Very happy great to I'm, that. I'm pinning you down Can, now <laughs> great well it's it's been recorded so i can't back out <laughs> exactly. um let uh, I'll, I'll throw down kind of one little cheeky challenge oh brilliant at the end. um i personally think that um as churches we should look to uh, opportunities for revitalizing an area before we look to plant hmm. Um, because I think there's many church, you know, we've come in here and the people are faithful people. They've lived their Christian faith through um, more life experiences than I've ever been through. Uh, and they're keeping going with Jesus. And actually the opportunity that, that we've had to encourage them um, wouldn't have happened if we'd just gone and planted a new church mm. in this area. Equally, the length of, uh, of of relationships that, the, that we have here with the local schools and uniform organizations but also as i said earlier people coming in for weddings baptisms and, and that and that kind of thing we wouldn't have had those natural opportunities if we started something um from scratch so we're able to 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 encourage and to use what's already there um so if there's an opportunity for to revitalize a church mm. and you can do that in any domination um, mm. then I think look look to do that and, and build on build out from what, what's there if you can't then planting sure. might be the option that's such a helpful challenge and one thing we haven't even been able to to touch on is that you you've been uh, sent to revitalize this church but a, a plant's almost been built into that vision right uh, I think there's an expectation that you will you will be building this church up and then get planting yeah. Yeah, so this isn't something we've talked a lot about um, yet, but there's a big new housing development being built next to the Trafford Centre, which would be within our parish. Mm. Um, and that would be an example where the you know, plant would be good because there isn't anything there where you can go re revitalise. And it's really it's just, it'll be a funny distance from our church that people might not want to trek. It's, you know, you've got to go across the motorway and mm. all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, uh, it's called Trafford Waters. So it sounds mm. fancy. It does. It is. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, there's there's space in there being been yeah. built for a kind of um I think it's attached to school, some sort of religious provision. So mm -hmm. we'll see as those develop if opportunities arise. And again, that's again thinking long term. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not ready anywhere near ready to do anything there. Yeah. But we pray that in the future we could we could do. Absolutely. And that's it, you know, I'm part of the Anglican Church and uh, I think our vision is that, you know, every parish church out there in the country is a Jesus-loving, spirit-filled, gospel-preaching, evangelistic, healthy church. That's what we want to see. Yeah. And we want to see people gathering to worship Jesus there and being sent out into all those different places to make him known. Yeah. And as well as that, to see all these these parishes with thousands of people, to see plants in the working mm -hmm. alongside those 
those strong, healthy parish churches. And so it's great to hear what, what you're doing and that vision to revitalise and plant. That's wonderful. I think yeah. I kind of just come back to where we started, really. It's, you know, it's so much to think about with regards to what can we do. And it's so important to be thinking through all of that and looking at our communities and asking the Lord, what does he want us to do? But to start with looking to him, this trying God who is Father, Son and Holy Spirit and enlarging our vision of the God that we worship, that we might be those who, who just long to share him with others. James, yeah. thank you so much for oh, thank you, Sam. to well, me. And there's so much more we could talk about. It's, exactly, uh, exactly. It's really exciting. I didn't even mention the fact that this church is actually a plant from another church. You know, oh. someone who got a, a vision, uh, what, 1969 the church opens. Um, they had a hundred, over 100 kids in the Sunday school at that point. Um, you know, wouldn't it be great to pray we could get anywhere near Oh. that again and then need to plant our own church out of um, out of here oh fantastic but anyway well, there you go the, uh, that's um that's all know, for the next something to, be, something to pray for absolutely and can i just say that's a really good thing like anyone who's listening please pray for james and his family and christ church david hume um you know even now just as you're finishing listening to this um, but thank you so much for, for listening. Thank you, James, again. And uh, do tune in for another Didache conversation in the near future. Bye bye.